Um, I have to be honest, these past few weeks that I've been missing episodes, dropping them on Fridays, <laughs> has been due to uh, my perfectionism rearing its ugly head and knowing that I'm going to be talking about writing lyrics which is my true love, my most favorite part of writing musicals, and trying to encapsulate that into a half-hour-ish episode was like causing my brain to explode because there's so much and there's just no way. There's no way to distill it down in a way that does the topic justice. So, we're going to have to break it up into probably lots and lots and lots of episodes, but that's okay. Um, I just told myself, okay, you have to put an episode out today and just talk about one aspect of lyric writing, and it's okay. It's okay. Like, I was basically pulling out all of my resources and ready to write a dissertation about lyric writing, and I had to just tell myself to stop because ain't nobody got time for that, and nobody wants to listen to it either, let's be honest. So um, today, we are going to talk about one aspect of lyric writing, and it's one that I think of first when writing as far as importance in lyric writing. So today, we're going to talk about this idea that you get one chance. Well, what does that mean? When someone comes to a show that they don't know, they don't know the music, haven't listened to it, have no idea what the show is about, you get one chance as a lyricist to have the words come across, be understood, And be able to hit that listener, that audience member, in a way that allows comprehension of all of its aspects as far as the emotional impact of those words, the story-driving effect of those words. All of it, you get one pass, you get one go. They can't pause, they can't rewind, they can't go back and say, hey, what did that person just say? And if you don't do it clearly, they will possibly be asking their seat neighbors, what just happened? What did they say? And so we want to write songs in a way, write our lyrics in a way that they are easily graspable by every audience member on the first pass. How do you do that? right? Some people will argue, well, ugh, you know, I went to see Hamilton and uh, I think I missed 95% of those lyrics. Hamilton is its own thing. And what it bangs off of is its delicious wordplay. Okay. So that's its own, it's its own thing. There are a lot of amazing Sondheim pieces that are very wordy And you just like, whoa, tons of words just went by, didn't catch most of them. Usually those are written 
for a certain device, you know, as a certain device within his stories. Um, So there are outliers, but for the most part, you want to write lyrics that people can grasp quickly and easily, and they want to be able to have that established from the first number forward. They want to be able to feel that they are going to be taken care of as an audience member, that they can trust that the people who wrote this show are going to shepherd me through this experience in a way that allows me to relax and take it all in rather than feeling like I've got to be on my very tippy toes to figure out what is going on at all times or my brain is like just trying to you know go backwards and decipher what I just heard and then by that point I'm already behind on what's currently being sung or said so yeah so that is the basic gist of what I wanted to talk to to you about today you get one chance you get one pass for that audience member coming in cold to your show now there are a couple things to keep in mind that will help this um the first one that I want to talk about is keeping in mind the syntax of your lyrics. Now, syntax basically refers to the sentence structure, where you're putting your subject, your, you know, adjectives, your adverbs, all that kind of stuff within a basic sentence structure. Please, please, please write your lyrics the way that people speak. Often people feel the need when writing their lyrics to wax poetic. And suddenly these characters are saying things in a way that no one would ever say. You know, I'm just going to make up some, some lyrics off the top of my head. So let's say this character comes, you know, to their love interest and they start saying things like, For thee I would climb all the hills. What? No, people don't say that. If for whatever (laughs) terrible reason, I don't know what terrible show this is, but if for what terrible reason your character needs to tell the person they love that they would climb all of the hills in the world, then you just tell them, I would climb every hill for you. You say it in the way someone would speak it. Don't twist things around in the effort to be poetic and lyrical. It is not accepted well. People's ears and brains will be very tired by the end of the very first number if you're writing that way. Now, the only time that I can say, yeah, actually go ahead and twist things around, would be for a comic effect, comedic effect in a scene. Maybe it just makes it funny because some character is waxing poetic on stage for some reason. Okay, then that makes sense, right? But that's about it. That's about it. Write the way people 
speak. True to how your characters talk. And for the most part, people will respond best even if your show is set in an earlier time period people will be able to grasp it and respond better to a show written in a modern syntax with a modern vernacular than they will having to grapple with an old-fashioned way of speaking it's just what it is and purists may you know, want to debate that, and there may be some instances where, okay, we can we can take a few liberties. But for the most part, people just want to be able to come, know what's going on, be able to understand the lyrics, period. So syntax, that's a big one. Uh, also, within syntax, leading into the next subject of rhyme, do not change the syntax of your sentence around in order to make sure that the rhyming word falls at the end so that your couplets line up or whatever. Don't do that. Restructure your rhyme. Restructure the line in a way that <laughs> still sounds the way someone would talk and still gets the point across. So yes, going into the next, uh, the next section, Talking about rhyme. Rhyme helps brains to understand what is being sung in a song. Brains are incredibly smart. Our brains are amazing. And our brains are drawn to rhyming words. Our brains love the comfort that comes when we start to hear words being rhymed because it allows our brain a little bit of a, a structured puzzle to play around with. And you will start anticipating, once it's established, hey, we're rhyming words right now. Your brain will automatically, subconsciously, start anticipating what the rhymed word is going to be. Now, the role of a lyricist is to hopefully be able to find true rhymes, not half rhymes or slant rhymes, which we will spend a whole episode talking about the different kinds of rhymes. So watch for that down the road. But finding true rhymes that are clever and unexpected that is the, you know, piece de resistance as a lyricist. Of course, Stephen Sondheim is the absolute master at this. Uh, highly recommend, if you do not own or have not checked out from the library, the two collections of his lyrics. Uh, the first is Finishing the Hat. No, no, no. Well, there's Look I Made a Hat and Finishing the Hat, um, both collections of all of his lyrics up until, I believe, 2000, I want to say 11, maybe? And it's brilliant. You can go through and read. He's added his notes and anecdotes and, um, you know, 
gives imparts his wisdom, his genius lyric writing wisdom within these volumes. So he's the absolute master of this, finding amazing, clever, unexpected true rhymes that just are thrilling to to hear as an audience member. Um, But yes, so your role to find that true rhyme because when an audience member's brain is like, oh, I'm switching into rhyme mode, I'm expecting you know, let's say the lyrics are saying something like, uh, um, something about wading out into the water. Well, you're looking for something that's going to rhyme with water, right? So my brain why did I choose the word water? That was not good. <laughs> My brain automatically thought fodder, but that's, you know, F-O-D-D-E-R. That's not a true rhyme. Um, let's find a different word here. Uh, so let's say uh, chime. And then your brain automatically starts thinking, oh, uh, it's probably going to have a word in there like rhyme or prime or time and then instead it hears the word dine or design or divine instead it causes your brain to pause go back compare the two words wait did they rhyme i thought it was going to rhyme it just causes a stilting in your brain's ability to relax and just truly listen and enjoy the music because you have broken up that pattern and you've established to your listener that they cannot rely on you to deliver what your brain truly craves, which is true rhymes. It wants to hear that cleverness. It wants to be surprised. It wants to feel secure that you as a writer are going to take care of them by being true and consistent in your rhyming schemes. Now, I know that sounds like incredibly um, strict, (laughs) but there is science surrounding this, around the, the brain's reaction to true rhyme and how our brains light up when we hear lists of true, truly rhyming words. It's fascinating. So those were the two things that I really wanted to talk about today. Um, you get one chance. You get one pass. Don't screw around with the syntax. Don't wax poetical. Poetic. Just write the way people speak. And do your darndest to make sure that if you're utilizing rhyme in your lyrics, which most of the time you should, if you are utilizing rhyme, they are true rhymes. And uh, maybe next episode we'll talk about the different kinds of rhyme so that that can make a little bit more sense as we go forward. So that's all I'm going to talk about today. Short, short um, episode. I mean, I guess I will just touch base in the fact that 
Um, I have had a lot of things going on lately, and just last week was the uh, National Alliance for Musical Theaters National Conference, and then the Festival of New Musicals as well. And so that was very exciting to be able to attend that and to get to see some new presentations of new work. There was one that I would love to give a shout out on the show that was absolutely excellent in my opinion, and that was uh, Private Gomer Jones by Marshall Palet. It stood way above, like way out in my, in my mind. An excellent presentation. Um, so watch for that. Find Marshall Palet on Instagram or whatever his different platforms are and, and follow. See his great work. Um, excellent writer. And so, yeah, being, being able to attend, see all this new work, you know, that was really uh, energizing for me, really motivating for me to be working on my work. Um, and, you know, I hope all of us can get in that place where seeing other people succeed is exciting. It is energizing and motivating for us. Because the world is wide enough. I'm telling you, we all can write amazing shows and we can all support each other in doing that. And that doesn't need to be intimidating or threatening or any kind of a commentary upon your work if somebody else's work does well. If you submit to a festival and it doesn't get chosen and someone else's does, do not waste your energy feeling jealous or upset of that person. Instead, champion them, support them, go and see what it is that that maybe they saw in that show and not to put your own show down, but just to learn and to be curious, be open to the universe. Your shows will find their path, their shows will find their path, and it's okay. Have those good and generous intentions in your writing, in your living, and it will come back to you tenfold. Be a good collaborator be a good happy person to be around and work with because when you develop a musical it takes years years and years and years and if the creative team that you have surrounding you does not enjoy being around you because you're jealous or you're constantly worried about somebody stealing your work or you think somebody's copied you or you're um just super bummed out every time you get a rejection, all of that, that just makes it harder and harder and harder for your show to to come to light, to, to realize its potential. Be a good person. Be good to work with. Be generous. Be supportive. Be positive. These are all important things to learn as a writer. The theater community is very small when you get into it. And do not develop for yourself a reputation of being hard to work with. That's just, don't shoot yourself in, a, in the foot like that. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, yeah. And so other than that, been working on my stuff. Gave me a lot of motivations to do some vocal arranging. Um, I've been orchestrating more stuff. I'm submitting to the O'Neill in the next couple weeks. So that's exciting. And probably going to be changing the name of Welcome to Zion. I had titled it that basically with the idea of like showing people, hey, welcome to Zion. This is what it actually is like. However, most people don't even 
like they hear it and they think it's a show about traveling to Utah's national parks or something. And that's not conveying the right message. So uh, my director, Brian, and I have been kind of throwing around some ideas. So maybe soon you'll be hearing what the new title of the show is going to be that better conveys what it's about, better piques curiosity. Um, Yeah. So I hope you all have a lovely day. Good luck in your lyric writing. Remember, you get one pass. Speak the way people regularly speak and search for those true rhymes. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.